welcome back thanks for hitting that play button and tuning in to the doe vision experience podcast it's your boy frank nitty i hit my first milestone last week my 10th episode with my wife dropping in if you haven't had a chance to hear that episode please take a listen it's pretty entertaining it's me and my wife just kind of going back and forth and talking about the things in our life and our kids if you enjoy those type of things please take a listen I feel like in this life or business, you have to celebrate the small wins as much as you celebrate the big wins because the fun is in the journey. The fun is not the fun is in now. We can't put off our happiness for a future date and time. Big goals are great to have, but you still have to celebrate the small wins along the way. If you know anything about baseball, you can always swing for home runs, but you don't want to just swing for home runs. You want to swing to make contact. You want to hit the ball, enjoy those singles, enjoy those doubles. And then one day when you hit the ball, the home run is going to come. And with that, I'll go ahead and get the podcast started. So grab your lighters and let's get it. Thank you guys for sticking around to the Dove Vision Experience podcast. Again, it's your boy, Frank Nitty. And first off and foremost, I would like to say, continue to give my condolences to Amar Arbery family, George Forrest family, and Breonna Taylor's family, and the many more people who lost their lives. What this time is basically, it's done, it's exposed a lot of the people who have been hiding behind those closed curtains and those doors and, you know, that covert racism that they've been hiding. Now there's out in the open. It's forcing people to take sides and it's forcing people to show their hand. Lately, we've been kind of seeing some of that's been happening all over the world in certain sports in, the, in your everyday lives. And one of the big places we just recently see where it happened into the NASCAR race, in the NASCAR realm. We really don't see, hear a lot about the NASCAR because it's not one of the most popular sports to us in our community. I wouldn't say for me, but for, for a lot of people, the, the NASCAR is a big thing. And now that we have, you know, we've got a black player, a black driver, driver in the seat there. He's basically, you know, came out and said he's for Black Lives Matter. And of course, that kind of rattled the cages of a lot of people with a lot of hatred for him. We just recently received, he just recently received a, a noose that was in his locker room or his race car pit but it was basically locked up so no one can basically get there so i don't understand like how somebody could put a noose there and not being seen because it's one of those type of places where only a few people have access to so he came out let people know that there was a noose in his locker and he had to get everybody with him and got everybody behind him and so now you know the fbi did their little investigation or their search or whatever they want to call it and they come back and said that the statement there wasn't a noose it was basically a rope that was hanging down do they play us for a fool do they really believe that we don't think that there was a noose in there we saw the picture of the noose that was hanging in there and it was talking about oh the noose the the rope was just pulled down from the ceiling and it was done like that in multiple uh people's garages and things like that like bro are you serious do you really think we're going to believe that we're, we're not fool we're not fools out here we don't believe what you're telling us because you're doing you're going to have the fbi people who are for probably the white community and they're not going to continue to have the country upset about things that's going on but we need to see this because we've been seeing people being hung around the country over the last couple of weeks we had nooses that's been hanging out here in the bay area on trees and so this is, thing is happening this 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 thing is coming up coming to the forefront and now it's basically showing us what the country is really about like we've always known that there with some type of racism but now it's in the forefront it's now it's not being hidden anymore it's in your face and we're le- they're letting us know how they feel and that's what we need to that's what we need we need to know how people feel because it's easy to hide about behind a, a phone or behind a computer screen or behind a chat room and things like that it's easy to do that but now it's out in the open and we know who you are and that's how it should be we need to know if you are racist we need to know who you are and where you come from so we know how to deal with you accordingly because it's hard to deal with somebody who's under the sheets or behind the curtains or behind the phones you can't put a face to the name as you can see it's starting to come out more and more you see these women who are screaming and like something like a black man is actually doing something to them we're calling them karens because these people are could possibly cause someone to lose their lives because they are screaming on camera like someone is actually doing something to them whereas nothing that's being done to them and they're showing that they are using their voice to basically amplify and could cause very a lot of harm to a lot of black people who are in their in their presence we know that those black men are not doing anything to them but on the camera on the phone it can go any other way it can go either way without being seen so that's why i'm happy a lot of more of the videos are actually coming out and we're actually seeing that thing seeing those things that's happening 
So because now we have the ability and the technology to show what is really happening in the streets. Because we used to have to kind of hear this through through the media, through the news of their choice. If they wanted to cover it, if they didn't want to cover it, we wouldn't, we wouldn't hear it. We just kind of hear it, you know, through word of mouth or we hear it on some type of social media. But now we see it firsthand what's happening out there in those streets. So with the Bubba Wallace situation, we know that something was going on there. We're not going to just take the, the word of the FBI and be like, OK, well, this kind of happened. They said it wasn't a big deal. Then we're just going to kind of move on. No, we know what's going on. We've seen this in the past. We see this now. So if nooses are just all of a sudden popping up all around the country, do you really think that we're going to believe that it wasn't in there? Do you think he's just going to kind of just make this up? And do you think there's all of a sudden he's just going to come out? right after he um, has a Black Lives Matter written on his car, he's driven with it on his car. So how can you expect us to believe what you're saying? Like, we're not fools. We understand what's going on. We know what's going on. And when someone comes out for support, there's always going to people be people to hate that. And that hatred is, is just deep and it's deeply rooted, especially with the, the racetrack where it happened at. It was down in Alabama. So we already know how Alabama is. It's one of probably one of the most racist states in the country, along with Mississippi, Georgia and some uh, some of the other few southern southern states. You know, so we know how they operate. We know that they are capable of doing things like this. So we're not just going to sit back and just take your word for it. No, that's not how things work. We know we, we know how you guys operate. We're no longer going to just sit back and just take your word for it when something happens. And because the because the word FBI is attached to it, that's going to just make everything go away. No, we're not. We're not. We're not believing that. We know what we saw. We know what he's talking about. We trust his words. And, and we know when 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 guys like that step up and speak out, we know that they're probably going to be attacked by the people who hate for what the, what he had, what he's doing for us. He's speaking out. He's doing he's using his platform. He's a part of the NASCAR um, corporation. He's driving for these big corporations and he has all these logos on his cars. He's been sponsored by these different companies. So when he speak out, there's going to always be someone to dislike it. And so that was their way of showing him of their disdain, their dislike for him by putting a noose in his locker room. So we all automatically know what's going to what, what they're trying to tell him, trying to tell him and send the message to him. We know that. So why would we take the word of the FBI that there was nothing there or there was not? It was basically happening to other other um, garages that were happening that were in the area. No, it wasn't in any other garage because nobody else said anything. Why would there be a noose in anybody else's garage? Because he is the only black player there. So we have to protect our black athletes and the ones who are speaking out and speaking on our behalf and trying to bring about change. And it's going to be hard and we have to continue to fight. It's not going to be solved overnight, just like it hasn't been solved in the last 20, 30, 40 years. So it's not going to be solved in a, in a snap of a finger. We have to just continue to speak out and continue to force these people from behind those closed doors who are racist and has a hate for us. You know, we've seen that firsthand with the George Floyd killer. We saw that hate. And did you guys know that? The person who killed George Floyd, I won't say his name because I want I don't want to give him any light. But that guy who killed George Floyd on camera, he still has the ability to receive his pension that's worth up to a million dollars. Can you believe that? That he still can receive his pension even if he's convicted with these wicked loopholes that are part of written into the laws of um, Minnesota. You know, how can you possibly kill somebody on duty and still get your pension even if you're convicted so if he's convicted and he goes to jail for 20 25 years or whatever the case may be he can still get his pension when he retires so these are the type of things that we're talking about these loopholes that are written in for them so they have these things in the back of their mind that they still can have their money when they retire so why would they let up and when they're when they're going to going about to try to do some harm to somebody because they know that they can get it, get still get paid and they can possibly get off. So the first thing they do when they get caught up in a situation, the department tries to fire them. But that does no good because the, the person can still go work for a private uh, security company. They can still make money, but that doesn't do any good. We need to see indictments. We need to see charges. We need to see convictions. That's what we want to see. We want to see conviction. We want to see these guys get give that real time like they're giving us. They're giving us 20, 30, 40 years like it's nothing. We want to see these same crimes that are happening with the police that's happening by any other guy that's happening on the street that doesn't have a badge that's getting these massive amount of times for these crimes. We want to see the police get the same amount of crimes because you are the, you are the people who are supposed to be serving and protecting us, but instead you are the ones who are brutalizing and killing us. So that comes back to all to the term of defund the police. 
you know the big the big thing now is defund the police and defund is not basically taking the money from the police because we still want the police to be there we just want to take the money that they're funded and just shuffle the money to other organizations for like the community things like that because these these funds are so huge and so massive that they have they have power when you have a, a police fund that's worth millions and millions of dollars that's power you can put they're putting their, their funding money behind certain candidates and these candidates are pushing in laws for them these candidates are doing different things for them that's benefiting them so if you take that money away from them you take the power away from them so then once they don't they no longer have the power then they can't go out and just brutalize and be killing people without having to be um, answering to anybody because right now because they have all this power from these funds they have the ability to go in and you know do some harm to some people and still be able to live their daily lives after all this is done and after cameras have kind of went away and things kind of die down and they can kind of slide out and slide into another role with another company but we don't want that because that doesn't happen for us when we get caught in a crime, they put the cuffs on us, they beat us, then they take us to jail and they give us a defendant lawyer because a public defender lawyer because they know that we can't afford a uh, efficient lawyer who can really fight our trial. And they go they go there as a public defender who's overwhelmed by all the cases that they possibly have. And when they do that, the workload is too much for the public defender and the public defender can't basically, you know, dive into your case and really give you the best option. So they actually need to plea out or, you know, you go to trial and then you get caught up in a trial and then you get convicted and you get this large amount of time. It's 25 years where for a small crime that you committed. But the police, they have these funds and they have these situations and they have these laws in place and these loopholes to get them off certain things to save their money. And so they, they have all these things in place for them, whereas a normal everyday citizen doesn't have these things in place. You know, so most of the people, they're living check to check. They're, they're working hard. If they're not living check to check, they're working hard to try to try to accomplish some things in their life. And boom, they get hit with a charge and it takes their life savings. They put up the house, they put up the family's house and you try to get this money together, try to keep this person out of jail. And they just cost a lot of money and they basically deplete the family of their funds. And that hurts our future funds for our families and our, and our wealth generation building. So it just takes all that out of the picture when something like that happens. I understand this. I see it. I've seen it happen to people where somebody might get caught up in a crime and then they don't have the money. And so the family have to put up the house and then the person still gets convicted and then the house gets taken away from them. And now they are trying to they're stuck looking like, what do we do now? How can you build generational wealth if it's being taken away from you early on? You can't have the generational wealth because the country is not set up for us and the system is not set up for us. So the police have these systems set up for them so they know in the back of their minds that if something does go wrong, I still have a safety net when on the other side of this. And then what we must do, we must take away the safety net. If you take away the safety net, you take away the, you defund them and you, you reroute this money to these other organizations and the, the communities and these, these, um, these funds to help the kids in these, in, in the community, then we can basically take the power away from them. And once we have the power away from them, we can then start to see change happen. We can still then start seeing people who can enforce laws to convict these police officers who are committing these heinous crimes to us that we're seeing on camera. People are actually losing their lives on camera. We never thought we'd see the day that someone would basically lose their life on camera and nothing happens. And it's continuously happening over and over and over. We saw the Rodney King beating on camera and those guys got off. And we are now seeing, a, we've just seen another murder that basically happened in, in our eye, in, the fa in our face. And they're basically not going to do anything. They're not trying to convict these people. They're not, they're not giving a, the maximum amount of sentence. We have to push for those things. We have to continue to push. And with this and with that, you know, the, the George Ford clearly, like I said, these companies are all out. They don't know what to do. They don't know. So Starburst came out. It's like, oh, we're banning anything that's supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. And all of a sudden, you know, they get the backlash on. They get everybody's bombarding them. Everybody's tweeting about them. Everybody's, you know, and they're on the social media about them. And, and now they feel the pressure. They're like, what do we do? What do we do? How can we fix this? Okay, now the next the next statement they come out, oh, well, now we're going to support basically Black Lives Matter. You can wear that. You can wear things that support the Black Lives Matter. So we understand how these companies are working. They're not for us. They just want our black, they just want our black money and our black dollars. So we have to realize that when we're going, when you're going to spend, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't really understand, you know, the six and seven dollars for a coffee. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to judge anybody for drinking Starbucks coffee. 
but I'm not a star, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't I don't understand the crave and the desire to have a, a big Starbucks coffee. So me, I'm not missing out on anything when Starbucks um, is acting the way that they're acting towards the the black community. I'm outraged, but I'm not going to drink there anyway. So the people who are drinking there, they have to really you have to understand and realize that they're not for us. They just want our money. If you're going to say something in the beginning, that's how you feel. If you came out and you made a public statement about you're not with, you're not allowing your employees to support Black Lives Matter, any apparel or anything like that, that's how you feel. But you only felt the pressure after the fact is when you change your mind. So we have to realize that when we're spending our money with these other corporations, that's not for us. And now we're starting to realize that the more this is, the more the, comp the, the, the country is actually opening up and we're, we're, our, we're, people are being awakened and they're seeing these things and companies are really putting their foot in, the, foot in their mouths. And, and the ones who are not putting their foot in their mouths, they're really trying to be behind Black Lives Matter because they want us to continue to spend our money with them. If we build our own, we don't need them. They need us. If we can really understand it and understand the power that we have, we can really make change with our money and our dollars. We could spend with our community. We try to, and now we're doing a better job with it. We're spending with our black banks. We're spending with our black hair, hair care products, you know, skincare products, clothing. We continue to build and we're going to get there. We won't necessarily need to rely on them for anything. You know, we just have to be able to build those back end supports for our, our technology, you know, build more infrastructure so we'll be able to find our black businesses. You know, we need more apps to be able to say, hey, I'm in this city. I need to be able to go out and find some, you know, some hair care products or I need to be able to find some clothing or some shoes or whatever the case may be. Any essentials, you need to be able to find those things simple and not just have to be able to rely on going running to Walmart or Target or any of those other corner stores, CVSs and things like that, because they're not they're not for us. We have to build the things for ourselves. And until we get that, we won't necessarily progress. We have to in order for us to progress. We have to build those things for ourselves and we need to be able to teach our kids how to code. And that's what's going to get us in the next generation to be able to build those things for ourselves because they have a head start on us and we have to play catch up. So we're which we're playing catch up and they're started they're constantly trying to um, widen the gap. But as they continue to grow, we're gonna grow. We're gonna get smarter. We're gonna we're gonna close the gap and we're gonna continue to race hard. We're gonna continue to get further along in this race that we call life. You know, we just have to figure out how we can support one another and support one another more often. It's great for when someone opens up a business and we kind of spend with them the first time, but we have to be constantly spending with that person because that money is supporting their family, they're supporting their kids, supporting their, their wife, they're putting food on the table, and they're putting clothes on the back when you could constantly support those companies. Yes, they're going to mess up and the customer service sometimes is not going to be always the best, but they're learning. You've, we've given these other companies ample amount of times to they messed up with us and we go back and spend with them. You know, we just have to con continue to su support our black community. You know, our customer service is going to get better. Our infrastructure is going to get better. We have to believe that and we have to continue to spend with them because if we continue to spend with them, it builds confidence in their business. It builds confidence in their brand. And then once they have more confidence, they're going to get better just naturally. If you've never done anything, you don't have an experience, man. How can you expect to be great at it? You know, if you're not, you never had to do anything with business and, and deal with customer service, then your customer service skills is not going to be there. But if the more we work with them, the more we, the more they're going to get better. We just have to constantly over and over continue to spend with them. You know, we can't just go in and buy one or two things. We have to spend with them often. You know, they have a t-shirt line or if they have a shoe line or something like that, we have to spend with them and, and, and spend our dollars with them because that money is just going to continue to trickle down in our community. And we're going to keep cycling and our money is going to stay in our communities a lot longer than what it should, what it is. Because right now it's only staying in a short amount of time, four to six hours, you know, our money stays in the community. In other communities, it stays a, a lot longer. So in order for us to be able to do that, we have to have those, that infrastructure set up in place. And that's why, that's why I personally, I try to, I try to shop with my, my community as much as possible. You know, I try, I search out these, I search out these brands and I try to spend with them as much as possible. Uh, myself, personally, I put a list together and I, you know, I posted on a couple of my social media sites to let people know that there are black businesses out there in a lot of different industries that you may not have heard of to be able to, you know, spend your money with those people. And I was shocked myself to find some of these businesses, you know, such as like, you know, swimwear or, you know, hair care products and some, even more, some of the hair care products that you're using that's not even, that's 
targeted to us that's behind that you know that locked up glass door at walmart you go into the walmart section or to the target section and there's a glass of the things that you're trying to get to because you know they're targeted for us but you know they have it behind the glass and it shouldn't be like that you know a lot of these other brands they're not behind the glass they're not behind the glass because anytime i try to go get something if it's behind the glass you go to try to ask somebody for something you have to run around the store they have to go find a key and then all of a sudden they have to come back and try to open up the glass for something that i want i don't want to have to be treated like that i don't want to continue to go down that road and these companies are targeting us and they're not even the products is not even made by us so they're spending they're getting our back dollars and they're, and they're trickling down to their communities and they're building up their communities and continue to to spread the wealth gap you know, in order to decrease that wealth gap, we have to stop spending with them and spend with our people. You know, so that's when it comes down to, you know, we got to say what they say, voting, beating up the ballot boxes, killer Mike say. And I really appreciate what, Le, you know, LeBron James has basically been doing. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of him on the court, but off the court, he's an amazing person. You know, he's an amazing human being and he's doing, you know, what we would expect a person of his stature to do. He's using his voice, he's using his platform, and he's amplifying it, and he's speaking on these things that need to be spoken on. Like, especially with the, you know, the, the voter suppression that actually has been happening. You know, we saw what happened in Georgia, and we, and we saw what happened in, in Kentucky, where, you know, in the black community, you only have one voting, one voting station place where people can go and vote. So you imagine the amount of errors that's going to happen if you try to force an entire community to go vote in one place. You know, LeBron created the, the more than a voter initiative with players such as like Draymond Green, Steven Jackson, Karan Butler, uh, Skylar Diggins and Trey Young. And I'm pretty sure there are other athletes that are jumping on board and their their intent. They, they have they have an initiative and they're, and they're clear with their intent. And he wants to bring an attention to and change the voter suppression that's been happening to us. You know, we talk about voting, but if the votes are not counting by being suppressed, then what's the point of voting? You know, we have to be able to go in there and call out those things that are happening. We we want to vote. We want to make change. But if we can't make change by by actually getting to the votes and the voters and the vote machines are down, they're broken or like what happened in Georgia, you have to wait four or five to six hours in line. You will basically get tired and say, forget it. And you'll go home and the candidate that they want to win will basically win the election. This is how they steal elections and they continue to keep power in place. You know, that's how they continue to turn over the power from one you know generation to the next they, they they suppress the votes and when we go out there they make it so much harder for us to vote because in our districts we are su subjected to you know broken machines or slow processes and you don't know the clear definition of how to do the voting process because when you go in there things are always changing you know the process oh you normally refer last year you would have to go in and you just basically go press go into the voter box you press this button you press that button or you write down what you want you fill in it and it just changes over and over it's not a clear definition it needs to be one way to vote just like it needs to be one way to swipe your car either are we swiping or are we sticking the card in which way are we doing it we need to either do one or the other we can't be going to the voting booth and trying to figure out in that moment what do we need to be doing like we need to have a clear way of what we're doing we need to be swiping the cards like we go to the grocery stores or we need to be putting a chip in where where are we doing you know this is confusing people because you know i still get confused sometimes uh, do, do i need to swipe this thing or do i need to put my card in which what, what are we doing and i can imagine the confusion for someone who's a little bit older and not probably as, uh, as sharp as they probably once was and they go into the voter booth and they make mistakes because they don't know what they're doing because the voters the, the voting machines are all they are changing and the voting process are changing you know sometimes the, the, some people are not receiving their you know absentee ballots they're not being able to vote early so you won't have to stand these long lines so it's a lot of things that are involved in, his, in the voter suppression and what lebron is doing you know he's amplifying his voice and he's letting it be known that you know i see what's going on and i'm creating a campaign to kind of help alleviate and kind of fix some of these problems otherwise it's going to continue to happen and the power is going to continue to to turn over from one generation to the next or the the one power one power family to the next power family you know that's how you steal elections that's how you keep people in power that's how you keep the power at bay with the same people and the same mindset we have to change that that's what we're that's why we're out voting but if we can't vote then what's the whole purpose of all of it then that's what they know they know if they can't vote and we can't control them in other ways we're going to steal the election and keep the people who we want to be in, in power in power and they are going to continue to go do the bidding that we would like to have done for for their people not for us 
And on that note, I continue to kind of talk about the NBA and what they're doing and, you know, what's going on and about, you know, I know a few episodes back, I talked about the NBA and, you know, how they're, what they should, what they possibly going to do. They're going to return. They're still trying to get things set up in Orlando and they're they're having a, uh, a time that they're set to return maybe towards the end of July. But as the country has been going through this, you know, this big uproar of the, the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement, we have a a, a point in, in history where we have everybody's attention everybody's attention you know we we haven't had the attention of the world like this in a very long time and we're all connected through social media and this is giving us the ability to see the entire world at the click of a button you know we can go and we can search out this information and with the nba you know talking about returning you know some players are not for it and some players are for it you know some players like Kyrie, he's like hey let's not start back let's keep the, the the foot on their necks let's continue to push through let's continue to put keep the message going let's continue to do what we're doing right now to try to get change to happen and then there's other players like hey i'm ready to get back to playing you know they have these different meetings behind the scenes and so you know they have their they have they they have their own opinion on what they should or they shouldn't do i can't judge them i can't tell them that what they should or shouldn't do this is this their choice you know some players are not coming out saying they're opting out of the the restart i know i'm a big lakers fan and one of our you know one of our starters basically just said hey I'm not coming back. Avery Bradley said, hey, I'm not coming back. You know, I'm not going to be a part of the restart. And so that being noticed that a player of the Lakers have basically said, hey, he's not being, he's not coming back. That's letting you know that it's, you know, how he feels about the situation. He's been on the, he's been on the, per se front lines with Kyrie saying that hey we shouldn't start the league back up we have a moment in time that we need to really capitalize on it because we may not get this back you know other players like hey they really get back in there but in the state of Florida you know they have Florida Texas um, and Arizona right now are some of the highest places the highest states in the country with the virus um, the COVID-19 virus numbers so these are being spiked. The, the numbers are very astounding that's going on in these hotbed places now. So how are they going to possibly keep somebody in the bubble and keep somebody from getting sick? Because as we as, as every day pass, there are new athletes that are coming out, you know, that has said they have tested positive for COVID and they're going to do self-quarantine for two weeks. Do you really think that you can possibly show maybe 200 to 300, 400 people to one location and try to do a, a mass run for two months without someone getting getting sick you know it's going to happen they had just have to be prepared for it because they have not talking about they have all this technology they're going to have the wristbands and if this wristband get close to that wristband it's going to tell you it's going to go off and it's going to beep whatever the plan is this is a game that it's going to be a uh, we, can, we won't be able to tell we won't know what's going to happen until they actually get back to the games but we know that you know just being from using our common sense that they can't stop what's going to happen because the state itself has not you know taken any more precaution they're open they have an open door they don't care what's going on it's like hey we're back to we're back to things as normal you know if you get sick you get sick you know i know their hospitals are probably overran with people with the the covid 19 or rona but it, they don't care Hey, we're going to take a quick break. I appreciate you guys listening to the Dovision Experience Podcast. So go find your lighters again. Top off your drinks. So if you're in the gym working out, you know, put an extra set in for your boy. Stick around. Let's get it. You know, just look at Texas. They basically have to basically slow the, the reopening down because they the numbers have spiked. You know, they're like, hey, we're going to pause on reopening. We're going to stop. We're going to shuffle back from 90% opening down to 50%. Or oh, the gatherings from down from 100 people had to be to 50 people. So they had to, they were out for two months. Everybody was probably looking at California like, hey, these guys are crazy. They're still on lockdown. What are they doing? We're out and about. We're at the clubs. We're partying. We're going to restaurants. We're sitting down. And then two months later, now they have to kind of go and hit the pause button and try to shut things back down. And what that's going to basically do for you is it's just going to put you behind the eight ball and make you have to wait another two to three months before you can actually fully open back up whereas if you just took your time and slowly open things up like other states are doing then you won't have to run into this issue but that comes back to what these governors are doing the governors are just doing whatever they want and they feel that that's needed for their state they're just doing what they want you know we have to understand that they are for the economy for themselves they're not thinking about us 
we have to think about ourselves and our own safety we have to use our common sense and our common and our common knowledge to know that hey you know things are not getting as better as they were expected because we've had protests going on for the couple the last past couple of weeks so people are out mingling with each other so you are you automatically know that the numbers are going to go up so if you're full tilt on opening and restaurants and things like that what do you think is going to happen the numbers are going to continue to spike you know so we have to be thoughtful have our thoughts together and have our strategy in place to let us know like hey you know i may need to kind of scale it back and not not necessarily be in that restaurant you know that's not social distance not keeping their space for one another we can't be out just drinking and shaking hands and having fun like nothing's going on because like i said there's really not a face to the virus if we had a a rona mascot that was running around people would really pay attention to it but there's no it's it's just a it's just a, a figment in people's imagination until it gets until it happens to them or it gets close to someone in their family you know we don't really see it so we don't really think it's there because one summer is here it's warm the beaches are open you can get your boats you can get back on your dirt bikes you can get out in the restaurants you can do things like going to the gym so you are like feeling like hey this is my normal life so i can get back to doing the things that i would normally do and you can't see the virus laying dormant on a doorknob or on a on a glass when you're at a restaurant or someone coughs in a restaurant and he coughs on the next person he doesn't cover his mouth properly so what that does is it basically spreads the germs to people who are in the restaurant who's in that area and that and those people inhale that particular germs that because the 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 cough from someone that that has the covid virus can go up to like 6 12 24 feet from one single cough that is kind of crazy when someone hasn't properly covered their mouth or have a a, a mask on their face or coughing in their elbow things like that if they just kind of put their hands on their mouth then the cough and the germs just kind of disperse all over the place so if you're in the area in the bar or in a restaurant with someone who's coughing they don't know they have the, they don't know they have the virus already because it takes a couple of weeks for the person to actually start to feel you know they lose their sense of you know the taste of the food they leave the, they lose the sense of you know just the, the weakness of the body just all these random all these random uh, symptoms that a person could possibly have they don't know until they actually start feeling bad and then that's when they will probably take notice like oh man i'm not feeling bad and then you start to think about oh what was i doing where was i what work could have possibly i've gotten contact with somebody that has this and so now they're having to feel the re they have to feel the repercussions of opening up too soon or being full throttle like i'm not opposed to them opening up but open up with a little bit of uh restraint you know open up what you know 25 percent of your restaurants you know do it in sections do it in counties kind of like what they're doing out here in california they're doing certain counties in different phases at different in different things but if you just say hey we're just gonna just open up our open up our doors and you can just kind of go do what you want to then have at it you know if you get sick you know you can possibly go to the hospital get tested now you now your hospitals are being overran from the virus and people having the virus and things of that nature so we just have to continue to be mindful of what's out there because just because it's summertime it doesn't mean it's going away because what's going to go happen is going to go summer to fall to winter and we're going to be right back into what's called the flu season and the flu season is just going to just re-amplify all these different things so I just want people to kind of just really um, be mindful when they're out and about to continue to do the things that you can do to kind of keep yourself safe and try to make sure that you are, you know, on the upswing of, of the of the issues and knowing what's going on out there and what phase your, your county or your city is in. And that's going to help you out and try to make sure that you are, you know, possibly doing the, the best thing that you can possibly do for your family and stay up to the par on the information that's being sent out and then interpreting that information and multiple sources and then giving yourself a full window of a full a full view of what's going on out there so you have to make your own interpretation because they're not going to give it to you straight they're not they're going to sugarcoat it and they're going to just give you all these astronomical numbers to kind of scare you and then they're going to just you know give you give you information in bits and pieces and so you have to kind of bring all the information in and make your best judgment on what you should do you know we have to live our lives you can't just stay in the house forever which i understand but you do have to understand that you know you could still possibly get sick because it's still out there and what Arizona, Texas, and Florida is showing us that, you know, we have to be a little bit more careful. You know, just because it's summertime, it doesn't mean it's over. So once we get a, a, a mask out for the, for the, for the COVID-19 corona, you know, people won't really take it as serious until, like I said, someone in their family gets sick or someone close to them gets sick or they get sick. 
you know, one of the things that's kind of been going on that lately, you know, they've been, you know, this guy, Sean King, he's been on the forefront of like the Black Lives Matter movement. He's been kind of giving a lot of information. He's been on the grass, grassroots, you know, because he has been out there. You know, of course, people like him and some that dislike him. You know, there are some people that that's with him 100 percent. That's kind of with what he's doing and the information he's putting out and bringing a lot of things to light that are probably have been overlooked and using his platform to speak. And then there are some people that, you know, see him as um, a person who's probably trying to gain from his notoriety and not doing the things that they need to, that he needs to do that you know there's a numerous amount of reasons why people don't like someone or they're just trying to make sure that this person has been they're trying to expose this person for whatever the reason they be, may be you know so there's a you know it's a, a yin and a yang to that situation but but what i what i basically want to say is you know there were three ex-Long Beach police officer posting death threats in a facebook group or a page against sean king about basically plotting his plotting his murder or plotting his death and so he exposed these particular officers and exposed his information so now there's been light to be you know seeing that hey these guys are really out for me and you guys need to know this so if anything does happen to me you know where it's coming from so when you're on the front lines and you're you're spoken and you're going to be a target because he has been putting out a lot of information lately there's some there's some great information and there's not so great information that someone probably see because last week he basically started talking about you know the the jesus is white the jesus should be black they should no longer be showing these images around the country these statues should be coming down all these different things that he's talking about he's gonna he's putting people in rage and these people are you know they are trying to get at him you know for the things that he's saying you know but he's hitting those hot he's hitting those those pain points and these people are getting upset so so what they do is they they want to lash out they're talking in these groups they're talking in these chat groups and these facebook groups so you know it's, you have to expose these people otherwise things like this is going to continue to happen to them to, to to us and if we don't expose these people and they continue to hide behind these computer screens and these phone screens you know they're going to continue to do you know harm to us you know they're gonna throw these throw these ropes around trees and they're trying to hang us in the dark in these parks which they know we're not hanging ourselves in parks that's not something the black community is just gonna do we're not gonna go to a park and be like oh this is a strong limb i have been you know not been feeling well this is where i want to take my life at that's not something that we do we don't go to parks and hang ourselves we don't hang ourselves from nooses we don't do that that's not something our community is known for doing so therefore when we see this happening we know that that's not something that came from us you know we don't do that it's very rare if you see someone a black guy that's been hung and he did it himself in a tree that that just doesn't happen we don't we don't see that and we just don't see those type of things so when we see those things happening we know that it, it wasn't on our doing so we have to understand that you know these people have to be exposed and they have to be brought to to justice and you know if not they're going to continue to do these things they're going to continue to pass down that hate from one generation to the next you know, just like these people you saw at the Trump rally, which was a major flop. You know, they no one talk about that. You know, Trump tried to put the rally on Juneteenth and then got all got all riled up. And then what they basically did, like I said, they moved the rally. And then they had people try to say the black, you know, Black Lives Matter, the protesters were keeping folks from coming in. No, nobody was keeping anybody from coming in. It was just a dead arena. You tried to go out there and hit the ground running and thought you were going to get that that massive support that you that you've been hoping for. And boom, you you didn't get it. It was a major flop. Like they said, it should have been a Zoom meeting. You know, they had this big old um, arena where they had all these seats unfilled. You can just see the scatter of just empty seats in the, in the arena. And so they're trying to say that there was protesters keeping people from coming in. No, there were no protesters keeping people from coming in. It just nobody was out there. You know, nobody was in the arena. We're not supporting that anymore. That's not where we are. We're on to some bigger and better things. We're not with that racist. We're not, we're not trying to be divided. We're not doing that. That's not what we own. We want someone to come in and, and, and basically switch things up and try to get the country to come together and do what's right by our community. Not somebody who's going to go out and be against us and try to continue to push the police brutality off on the black community. No, we want somebody to kind of ease that ease that tension and ease the pain throughout the country and let these people know that look hey this racist stuff is not going to happen because as you see you know that's what's going on down in my home state of mississippi they're trying to get the flag removed this flag has been trying to get removed for a long a very long time they voted on they want to keep it in but black players and like you know one of our black athletes from our, my school that i graduated from mississippi state university uh colin hill he basically said hey if the flag doesn't get removed i'm not playing 
and that set off a chain reaction. You know, you had the NCAA said they're not playing in championship game. The SEC said they're not playing in championship game. And so now they're trying to push to get this flag removed. But of course, these people who are the racist people who are in power in the state capital in um, in Mississippi and Jackson, they're not going, they're stubborn. They're not trying to make any change because that's what they stand for. They're, they are behind the flag. They're like, hey, we voted on this. We're going to keep it in here. But no, things need to be changed. Things are changing right before your eyes. So you either get with the program or you don't have this money flowing through the state. You know, that's what they're saying. You know, we had the, you know, a lot of coaches uh, from different schools. They went up to the Capitol and they kind of spoke their piece to let them know, like, hey, we need to remove this. And that's a symbol of racism. We need to remove this and have, you know, our players feel comfortable when they're playing in the state. But in order for it to get it done, you can't just have one player out on the island by himself. He has to have multiple players in the state to say, hey, I'm not playing. You know, some of these top athletes, you know, it's on them to step up and say, hey, we're not playing unless this gets changed. And if this doesn't get changed, we're not gonna step on the field. And that's where it's gonna start to hurt. If an entire school says, or entire uh, football team says, hey, we're standing with Colin Hill and we're not playing a down of football until we get the flag removed, that's gonna force them to do what they have to do. It's not just gonna be Mississippi State, it needs to be other schools. We know Ole Miss not gonna not gonna pitch in because you know their, their, their mascot was Ole Miss Rebel. So you already know what they're about. They're not about that about that Black Lives Matter movement. They're not about that. They're about the racism. They want to keep that going. They want to keep it up. So you got to get other players. You got to get, you know, some of these HBCUs to kind of pitch in and kind of say, hey, we're not doing anything until this until this flag is taken down. We do not want this similar racism, you know, flying over our heads in our state and we are here playing football and putting our lives on the, on the line for these people who really hate us. You know, they love us when we're we're catching the football and we're running and we're entertaining them. But as soon as we pull that uniform off, they are back to hating us. You know, we're not there for their entertainment anymore. We want to have these, these all these racist things that are this memorabilia from these losers. I don't realize that they don't realize that they lost. How can you keep flags and, and monuments and build all this craziness for people who basically lost? You lost and you still got all this memorabilia of being a loser. So why not get rid of it? They want to hold on to that. They want to hold on to that memorabilia and they want to hold on to those memories and kind of, you know, let people know that, hey, this is what we were about, you know, even though we lost. So I, I applaud, I applaud um, Colin Hill for standing up for what he believe in and standing up for what what's right, basically, you know, human rights and Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. We, we have to stick together and we have to be behind our people who are putting themselves out there and, 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 and standing up for what they believe in. So we have to come together and use our voices and stand with those type of players who are really out there you know putting their careers online because he could possibly forfeit his senior season he could easily forfeit his senior season because this could take a long process this could take six months or eight months and they can keep continue to drag their foot on let's do let's go out and let's do a um a ballot on let's let's do an, a quick election on it but i'm pretty sure if they really want the flag to come down it can be a, a quick thing but instead, they're going to drag their feet and they're going to try to put all these these roadblocks in place in order to try to slow down the process of removing that flag because they tried to do it once before and they voted on it and they voted to keep it up. So we can imagine how much longer it's going to try to get them to take it down. So, again, I applaud Colin Hill for stepping up, for doing what he believes is right. Continue to fight the good fight, my brother. We're going to be with you. We're going to continue to support you in any way we can possibly do it you know like i said i'm 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 happy that you know some of the the coaches and you know some of the people that are in the higher places at state went went up to jackson and try to make things you know, right about removing that flag so that's one of the that's one of the great things i like about you know people who are really want to see change like when they see somebody's hurting they step up and they make a change you know of course it's all about their at the end of the day it's about their their bottom line and the money that they're receiving because once once people stop you know stop coming to games and people stop you know playing football that hurts them that hurts the bottom line of the school and so that makes the school look bad so they want to get out and get out in front of it and try to make change to make sure that you know the people who are spending their money are happy so it's always an underlying reason so they didn't just go out there and just all of a sudden say hey we need to go and have this flag change because if they wanted to they could have they could have done that a long time ago that was a push by Colin Hill to say hey I'm the best I feel like I'm the best player on the Mississippi State roster and if I'm not going to step on the field because of this reason something needs to be done about it and so what they did they tried to go down there and they tried to do something about it so that's Colin Hill's voice and his um 
his power and his influence that he have by being a, a, a star athlete and our other star athletes within the state have to do the same thing. They have to use their voices. They have to put pressure on these people to make changes. And one of the big things I like to, I would like to put out there about is there's been a, a shortcut that's put on the iPhone or a shortcut that can be put on the iPhone that was created back in the 2018 It's you know, it was a nice feature that implemented to let people know that you're getting pulled over. You know, you say this feature will pause your mic, and it'll, it'll pause your music, turn on the brightness, turn on do not disturb, block any phone calls coming in, open up your front facing camera and start and then start recording. It will send a message to the, the predetermined person that you have set up in your phone, letting people know that you're being pulled over and it will also send the current location. You know, the video would, has ability to send a copy to a pre-designed person, pre predetermined person in your phone and you can even upload the video to iCloud or Dropbox. You know, send that message out. It's, it's gonna be huge for people. You know, just say, hey Siri, you know, I'm getting pulled over. But you do have to, you do have to turn this particular feature on. You do have to turn this particular feature on in your phone. So it just doesn't automatically happen. There's things that have to be turned on and downloaded and set up uh, beforehand before you can actually do this. So, you know, if you have an older iPhone, so there are ways that you can do this. You can easily research it. I might, you know, put a tag on the video and a copy of the, the, the show notes and things like that. I'll try to put that in there and try to find some information on that so that you can, you know, if you have an older phone or older iOS on your phone, that you can go in and do that because I think the newer phones has a shortcut button already pre-installed on there. So that'll be a little bit easier for them. But if you have an older phone, then you'll probably have to go in and, and do a couple of extra steps. So what I'll try to do I'll, I'll do the show notes and I put a link in there to the description on how to do it on your phone. So this can be an amazing feature that you can have on your phone to kind of help help you in case you're getting pulled over by the police. So we can try to make sure something is captured on on video while you're in the moment. So to make sure that you know you try to stay as safe as possible when you're getting pulled over by the police because like we see anything can happen with these police officers. We want to stay safe. We want to continue to live and we want to continue to see our family when this interaction happened and when it's over. We want to go on and do great things and be the great human beings that we are supposed to be, you know, so because otherwise someone could possibly take our life from us that we wouldn't wasn't expecting. The people who we are we are paying with our with our tax dollars to protect and serve us could easily take our life for some nonsense because they are out there, they're being very very aggressive for no reason we see video after video just like we saw the guy in georgia you know he was being he was talking to a police officer about you know his his family was sending him some money to the western union and he was talking having a conversation with one officer and all of a sudden another officer just comes up because he thinks he's the guy that they've mistaken him for he picks him up slams him on the ground and he just brutalized this guy for no apparent reason it's like dude you don't even have all the information why are you coming up here and you just roughing up roughing up the the the, the, the guy who's actually talking to the police officer he's giving him his his id he's doing everything he's complying for you to just walk up all of a sudden you just pick him up and you just body slam this guy because you thought that was the person that you guys were looking for and that's the aggression that we're talking about that we need to be captured on video because otherwise these things are going to go unnoticed unheard and they're gonna get swept under the rug if we see these things we can put pressure on these people because like i said in the my in the my aubrey situation going back to that if we didn't see the video nothing would have probably been done because it happened two months prior it wasn't until we saw the video when things started to take place and things started to happen. So these videos are, yes, they are important for us to see and they're important for us to be able to know what's going on out in those streets. Because otherwise they could try to tell us whatever or they can just not show it to us at all and we won't, under, we won't know what's going on because we need information. Like I talked about this so uh, in some of my fear episodes that some of our uh, black stations need to be having a news channel dedicated for what's going on. And I saw their revolt. I give a hand clap to revolt because they, I saw that they put a one hour special or a one hour show in about reporting news from their stand, from our black community standpoint and understanding what we are going through and, and showing us the news that we need to see. You know, somebody must have heard me or I, I tried to speak something like this into existence because we need those platforms to be able to speak on, give us the news in real time on what's happening. We don't want to hear it from these white um, radio, these white um, news news um, reporters. You know, they're giving us, they're feeding us the information and they're giving it to us in their lingo and they're giving it to us how they want us to, to receive it. You know, they're not giving it to us the, the brutal, honest truth. 
they're doing it, they're washing it down and they're giving it to us in their, their from their standpoint, but we need to have it from our standpoint. So I want to give a hand clap for, you know, revolt for stepping up to the challenge and doing something like that. That's what we need. We need those, we need those black uh, TV stations and radio stations to broadcast and get the information out there because inf information is key. Information is power. You know, it's not just information. It gives us, we need the knowledge and we need applied knowledge. And once we, once we have the applied knowledge, we can make change. So once those changes happen, we're going to have a greater day. You know, our people are going to come together and we're going to do great things. And I appreciate you guys, you know, once again for, you know, checking out my podcast and hearing me talk about the things that I like to talk about, you know, seeing things and reacting. I try to just give you information that I am, you know, seeing and the things that I'm hearing and things in my reading. And I like to talk about those things out in the open because, you know, we all are feeling the same. You know, some of us have the ability to express it and some of us talk about it, you know, through our friends. But I'm just putting my thoughts out there so people can understand how I'm feeling and where I'm coming from. And so if you are, you know, listening to this and you're feeling the way I'm feeling, you know, let me know. DM me. You can DM me at DoVisionSF on Instagram. Send me an email at DoVisionSF at gmail.com. Or you can just hit me on Facebook at DoVisionSF or tweet me at DoVisionSF. However, you know, if you're feeling this way and you feel something and you want to talk about it, you know, hit me up. If you need someone to talk to, hit me up. I'm, I'm always willing to talk. I got kids and I like to talk to my kids, but I do like to have adult talk too. You know, so, you know, we're talking about these things with our friends and our group chats and places like that, but we need to talk about it more in the open. We need to have this open conversation and we can have um, ways to apply it and, and strategize and try to come up with solutions. You know, we need to have solutions to the problem. We can't just keep marching in the streets and not have any plans in place or any, any any ideas on what we want to do or what we want to accomplish. We have to continue to build and grow and find different ways and find solutions to the problem. So with that, I go ahead and wrap this up. Again, I appreciate you guys for listening to the Dove Vision Experience podcast. This is your boy Frank Nitty. I'm excited. I hit my milestone. Now I'm on to the next. And we're going to continue to grow. We're going to get, we're going to get, we're going to have a, a bigger audience. We're going to have more people listening to us. I want one day, I want to, I'm speaking this into existence. I want to have some live shows one day. I want to be able to touch the people. I want to be able to talk to the people. I want to see your faces. I want to see, I want to interact with you guys. I want to have these conversations out in the open. I'm not just doing this because I want to forever just do it in my garage, just talking to you guys. I want to come out. I want to see you guys. I want to talk to you guys. I want to touch the city. I want to see what you guys are talking about live and in person and see the emotion that you're having and what we're all going through and what we're seeing. So with that, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. Until next time, this is your boy Frank Nitty. I'm out. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to grab some merch, canvas prints for your home or office, or see the full-length video from this episode, please visit DoVision.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DoVisionSF. Also, send me an email of someone you'd like to hear on the podcast at DoVisionSF at gmail.com. Also, please join the DoVision Club at Patreon.com forward slash DoVision for early access to the content and some of the behind-the-scenes look of some of the episodes that I create. While you're listening, don't forget to hit, hit the subscribe button and comment on the podcast as well as my YouTube channel. And turn on those post notifications so that you'll be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, collaboration over competition. Until next time, this is your boy Frank Nitty, and I'm out.